Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Raider Nation. I'm your host, Dennis Ackerman, with the Believe in Raiders podcast on the Believe in Podcast Network, your home for everything silver and black. Today, I have a very special guest. He's a friend, former colleague, Standing reporter for the NFL Network, Omar Ruiz. Dennis, great to be here with you. And and I know we're talking Raiders today. And there certainly is an excitement in the air, especially being on this podcast with you, given that we were out in Las Vegas over the course of the last several years chronicling the Raiders and the involvement from all the civic properties that contributed to the stadium. And now here they are getting ready to open Allegiant Stadium some three, four years in the making. Uh, so I know this is their inaugural season in Las Vegas. It's your inaugural podcast, so I couldn't be more, more than thrilled to join you with it, given all the circumstances and history that we have together involving the Raiders. Nice. Before we actually dive into the Raiders, Omar, this is an offseason unlike we've seen any time in the history of the NFL, any time in, in our society. What's it been like for you professionally? It's been different, <laughs> obviously, uh, I think in every way, professionally, personally. I think, you know, the big adjustment personally is whenever I've been home in previous years, when I'm home, I'm home, and I'm fully dedicated to the kids because I am on the road so much. It's been an interesting transition to be home and working where I have to tell the kids, hey, daddy has to ignore you for a while. I got to do some work. Leave me alone, for lack of a better term. But, you know, they've adjusted properly. You know, obviously, they've had their challenges. But professionally, we've tried not to skip a beat. Obviously, the coronavirus pandemic has unfolded throughout the heart of the NFL offseason. And so we were able to get the draft off, free agency, the virtual meetings. And we've tried to keep our coverage as consistent as possible. And obviously, we haven't been able to chronicle on-the-field activities because there hasn't been. But as far as everything else uh, this offseason, you know, we've kind of been consistent with our coverage, and I think that's something we can be proud of. And and what we're all hoping is that we'll continue here into training camp and obviously into the season. Absolutely. Well, let's dive into the Raiders now. Mark Davis finally gets his new stadium, as you talked about. He's got to go to the desert, Las Vegas, to do that. John Gruden in his third year now as head coach in his second go-around. Mike Mayock in his second season as general manager. Omar realistic expectations for this franchise heading into the 2020 season? I think pushing for a wild card spot, you know, would be a realistic, you know, playoff contender role for the Raiders. I think if you look at, you know, Gruden going from year one and four wins to year two and seven wins for another three win jump, you know, maybe a 10 and six, perhaps nine, seven, 11 and five type of season would be good. Obviously with the Kansas city chiefs, Super Bowl champions coming back seemingly fully loaded with Patrick Mahomes, the half-billion-dollar man. Um, It's going to be tough to edge them out for the division title. And you also have the Chargers seemingly reloaded uh, and ready to bounce back after a disappointing 2019 for them. So to be among the division contenders, wild-card contenders, I think is a realistic aspiration for the Raiders. And and I think especially with uh, an added wild-card team, in this year's playoffs, there is certainly more uh, capability for the Raiders to knock on that door. Well, Gruden has been slowly building this uh, roster to fit his personality. There's some pieces definitely there last year. 
they went heavy into free agency on the defensive side of the ball, Omar, and then on the draft more towards the offensive side of the ball. Has this roster now built to fit his personality? I think a little more, at least offensively. You know, that's been his specialty over the years. And I think when you look at every position on offense, the depth is what really stands out. And I I know, you know, we've talked about Derek Carr, perhaps his lack of weapons the last few years and the way they sort of devolved from the 2016 playoff team. I think he's back to having a, a solid supporting cast around him. Obviously, Marcus Mariota coming in to provide depth at the quarterback position. Um, my only concern, if I were to have one, was the load that they put on on Josh Jacobs and, and sort of, you know, banged up down the stretch and all the different work that he got. But at the same time, I think they can be more explosive in the pass game and maybe take some of that pressure off Jacob. And, and, and maybe that goes hand in hand with that, you know, offensive unit. But I think the offensive line, another year of consistency from them. And you looked at, you know, Henry Ruggs joining the receiving unit. I think they have every sort of playmaker type in that receiving room. The big, you know, athletic Tyrell Williams that can go up and get the ball. Ruggs has the game-breaking speed, and we know what Renfro can do in the slot. So um, I don't think there will be shortcomings for the explosive plays that the Raiders have been so desperately missing the last few years. Well, you hit on so many different players, and I want to start at the most important position. That's the quarterback position. Omar, Derek Carr, he's set to enter his seventh season, believe it or not, as a starting quarterback for the Raiders. I mean, last year he set it at personal highs in passing yards and completion percentage. But I think if you pull Raider Nation, they, he's so <laughs> dis- divisive. I mean, half the people defend him saying he does everything that Gruden asked him to do. Or other people will point to, my gosh, I can count so many times on fourth and 20, he's throwing underneath. I've even seen him throw the ball away on fourth down and long. So at this point, shouldn't we know what we have in Derek Carr entering his seventh season? Or well, do we I know th- what we have? I think you you do know what you have. You have a guy who is certainly not ever going to be in the upper echelon of quarterbacks of the Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Patrick Mahomes of the world. But I think Derek Carr, certainly with a good supporting cast, can be in that next wave of young quarterbacks like a Dak Prescott, maybe even a Carson Wentz, if he has a good supporting cast around him. And, And I think that's what they have. And you look at the 2016 team where he took them to the playoffs, albeit he was injured and couldn't necessarily play in that postseason, but he's proved more than capable. And I think having that early success in year three for him going to the playoffs, or at least guiding them, you know, in that playoff position, set those expectations really high. Of course, um, you know, all those losses, his rookie year and, and, you know, bouncing back in in his second year and then getting the playoffs in year three, his career ascension seemed to be sky high. and, And I think that's been so disappointing, but I think you point to the roster around him. It hasn't been as good. And that's what, John Gruden and Mike Mayock, as you mentioned, have been responsible for. And I think they do have that good team and a good nucleus around him. And I think Derek Carr is still one of those players, one of those quarterbacks that, you know, can get you into playoff contention, maybe even more than that, depending on how the supporting cast plays. But he's not going to carry the roster if he doesn't have good players around him. Omar, give me a scenario which Marcus Mariota unseats him. If there's more proven playmakers, like you mentioned, we haven't seen you know, whether, you know, a Henry Ruggs can translate to the NFL, you know, we just haven't seen him out on the field yet, but you're hoping that he does. And if those players can show consistency and Derek Carr still can't elevate the offense, even though he has, you know, Darren Waller and Jason Witten now in a solid line, 
if he doesn't get that offense going, then you might see uh, Marcus Mariota unseat him and, and give the sort of athletic quarterback a shot in that offense to try to carry them and give them the spark. I think, ironically, the way uh, Ryan Tannehill unseated Marcus Mariota last year in Tennessee, but I'm still a Derek Carr believer, and, and, and I truly believe in, in this unit that, that Mike Mayock and John Gruden have built on the offensive end. And, and I think, you know, just thinking optimistically, new stadium, all the excitement, seeing the work that Carr has put in and kind of the leadership capabilities he's had this offseason, getting guys together, I, I think they're going to they're gonna turn it around. And I don't think we'll be talking about uh, these Marcus Mariota questions as we get further along in 2020. Well, we touched on the wide receivers, but I want to delve a little bit deeper into that. Obviously, Antonio Brown's situation was a disaster last year. They brought in Williams from the Chargers. He battled a foot injury all season long. Now, Hunter Renfro was a nice surprise. And in the draft, they went very wide receiver heavy. Three of their first four picks were wide receivers. We got Henry Ruggs. What else am I thinking of off the top of my head? We got Lynn Bowden from Kentucky and then Brian Edwards from South Carolina. But Omar, because of the coronavirus pandemic, we haven't seen this group together. So do we really know? Yeah, maybe on paper we know. It looks like they've upgraded, but we don't really know if they have. And second part of that question is Henry Ruggs, did they reach perhaps a little bit? We know this team loves the speed, guys. And I'm sure Al Davis was smiling from above when they took Ruggs. But how much do we really know about this wide receiver group heading into 2020? Well, what we do know is that they have sort of every box checked in that unit. As I mentioned, you have Tyrell Williams, you know, the big, you could throw it up to him, Ruggs, the game-breaking speed. You have a great slot in Renfro. You have the other rookie, Brian Edwards, you mentioned, that 6'3", 215, that big, strong, muscular, you know, Anquan Bolden mold uh, there. So you have, when you talk to these coaches and, and personnel people from around the NFL, the NFL receiver groups that translate to success, a lot of the times it looks like a basketball team where you have every different type, size, speed, and I think the Raiders have that. So whether they come together or not obviously remains to be seen, but if you're looking at how to fill out a roster, how to make a wide receiver unit, I think the Raiders have done just that in terms of you know building for success, not only in 2020, but really with that young core for the long haul. Omar, let's go over to the other side of the football. I mean, this is a team, a franchise that has struggled on defense for, and it's no lie, for decades. They really have. They invested heavily in free agency on the defensive side of the football. Give me a couple players that we should look to, towards having a huge impact for this upcoming season. Well, number one, I'd love to see you know, Jonathan Abram take that step. We always hear about players taking that huge jump from year one to year two. And I think having his, his um, you know, experience early on in the season probably helped him as he sat there on the bench and was able to learn the game a little bit better, having a little bit of the experience on the field and then studying the game the way he did in the second half of the year on the bench that could help him accelerate that jump here in year two. So I think having him on the back end, but you look at the depth that they have in the secondary, if the frontline players can play with an improved, you know, sense of urgency from years past, I think you have, you know, the depth is there to perform. I still have questions up front. You know, they were, you know, 24th in the league or so in sacks last year. And, and we know Dennis Sacks don't always tell the story in pressure, but, you know, outside of Mad Max Crosby, who was another tremendous surprise as a rookie, you'd like to see more production out of them. And I, I think they can get it. But, but I think when you look at the, the unit that, that really improved, and I think 
observing the Raiders and studying them and covering them over the years. Linebacker has really been their question. And, and obviously they fortify that with Corey Littleton and Nick Krakowski. And I think we'll really see, you know, Paul Gunther's image, defensive coordinator, come through those guys. You have Littleton who, you know, I've seen and covered with the Rams here go from a special teams ace to a really bona fide starting linebacker. And, and he was paid as such. Um, now for the Raiders, he'll be running all over the field. And then Krakowski, you know, a little more stout in the run game. So I think fortifying the middle of that defense was imperative. They did that. How the rest of the unit around them performs, I think that's still a big question. Well, Mark, I think one of the themes in the offseason that kind of caught my eyes, obviously the Kansas City Chiefs defending Super Bowl champions. I mean, that offense was incredible. You mentioned Patrick Mahomes. They have so many weapons, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. And I felt like a lot of teams, it's a copycat league. And a lot of teams are trying to copy what the Chiefs were doing offensively. But doesn't a good defense normally stop a good offense? And shouldn't you be building up the defensive side of the football to try to compete with the Kansas City Chiefs? Because it's going to be very difficult to try and outscore the Chiefs on a weekly basis. Well, I think that AFC West is just a tremendous uh, test case for roster building in the NFL because we have the Chiefs who are at the top of the mountain in the NFL. And then you look at every other team in that division and how they've built their roster, and it's a little bit different. The Raiders, like you mentioned, have built up the offensive unit. They look like they're going to be a team that's going to try to outscore the Chiefs and try to keep up with that track meet uh, that Patrick Mahomes is leading. And then you have the Chargers who let Phillip Rivers go. They're going to go a little more conservative either with Tyrod Taylor or the rookie, Justin Herbert, but they've really built up their defense, bringing in Chris Harris to fortify what has already been a very competitive secondary. Then you have Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram leading them up front. So you have a really, really good defense that only got better. So you have that style uh, of play, the, the, the elevated defense you mentioned to try to slow down the Chiefs. And then you have the Broncos with a little bit of both. They've been a defensive-minded team. Uh, obviously, with Vic Fangio there and, and his defensive prowess and credibility that he brings, you know they're going to have uh, a defense in his image, still led by Von Miller. But then they really spent a lot of time this past offseason uh, trying to fortify that offensive unit with a good core around Drew Locke and, and building that way. So you have a, a mixture. So you have the, the, the full offensive, let's outscore them with the Raiders. You have a let's stop them with the Chargers. And they have a little bit of both with the Broncos. I'm very curious to see which one works best because at this point it doesn't seem like anybody can outscore the Chiefs nor slow them down. Absolutely. All right, Omar, I'm going to get you out of here on this one. Training camps are just right around the corner. What does it look like for you? Where, where are we going to be seeing you during the late summer, early fall? Still, I'm still figuring that out. I, at this point, it doesn't seem like we're going to be getting on planes to go cover training camps. So I think for me, living in Los Angeles – I'll be able to cover teams that I can drive to within, you know, reasonable five, six hour distance. So the Cardinals, the Raiders, the Rams, Chargers, even the 49ers. And I said, I'll drive to Seattle because obviously that's, that's so far Northwest. It's, we don't have anybody really living nearby, but obviously the Seahawks with Russell Wilson and, and Bobby Wagner and the rest of that crew uh, who always, you know, seem like they're perennial contenders. So that's what it'll look like staying close to home. We're probably not going to see, the whirlwind trips where you head to Buffalo and then Jacksonville, New Orleans, you know, back to Southern California. We'll keep it a little more regionalized this year, but I'm hoping, you know, when it's all said and done that we will be talking football here at the end of July. 
Well, Omar, I want to thank you so much for joining me today on my inaugural Raiders Believe in podcast. It was great having you on. It was great catching up with you. Thank you so much for joining me today. Greatly appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, Dennis. Anytime, anything for you. And uh, look forward to, to watching Raider football with you here once again. Sounds good. Raider Nation, everybody. Omar Ruiz. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.